Well, the Rams went into week 13 against the Seahawks without a lot to play for in terms of the standings and uh, not even a lot to play for in terms of the draft, win or lose. So really, they were just playing for pride. And maybe we did get some of that pride on Sunday as the Rams continue to give the Seahawks fits, but also continue to lose their sixth in a row, falling 27-23 and losing grip of a lead late in the game. And perhaps there's some positives to take away from this. I think that at times like this, it's just best uh, to be honest about how we feel about the Rams. I'll start with you, Chris. Um, how are you feeling after this loss, 27-23 to the Seahawks? Hurt. I don't I don't know why this one hurt so bad. Um, it, it may be because we actually really had a shot to win late. Um, they played, I feel like they played pretty hard. But yeah, right now I'm 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 still hurting. Uh, I I'm still getting text messages from people, um, enjoying the Rams losing, and I simply re- respond and until early February you have to address this as Super Bowl champions. <laughs> I think that's uh, the best comeback possible right now, and and the best thing to lean on here is, you know, the Rams. You know, not less than a year ago, took it uh, all the way to the end. And this time, uh, yeah, it's the other way around. So, JB, how are you feeling after this loss? You were there at SoFi Stadium uh, for this one. Tell me a little bit about the atmosphere at home for the Rams in this one. Yeah, the Rams did just enough in this game to give you a little bit of hope. And that's the games that this season. Uh, whenever you're you know, going for those moral victories, those are the ones that hurt the most. But, yeah, SoFi Stadium, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say 60% Rams fans, 40% Seattle fans, maybe other people that have you know, different measurements might disagree with me a little bit. But that's you know, my first take on it. But, uh, unfortunately, I was surrounded by Seahawks fans. And after K-Maker scored the second touchdown, I was hoping to you know, nudge one of them and be, oh, was this, was this game important for the playoff standings for you guys? And, like, oh, that's, you know, that's too bad. But. Uh, then they had, you know, the comeback victory in the last, you know, last minute, literally, and, you know, came on top of this one. And I think it's really unfortunate, especially as the Rams are trying to build some momentum into 2023. Yeah. Do you think that there's uh, any momentum going into this Thursday night against the Raiders? You know, this was not a, a Rams team that a lot of people would give it any hope to, you know, they're, they're facing, uh, not just who they're facing, you know, but also just John Wolford, a quarterback behind the worst offensive line without the top two receivers with a mess at running back with no Aaron Donald with a mess in, uh, you know, the secondary most weeks, uh, JB, do you feel like this game gives you a little bit more optimism that John Wolford could win a few more games? No, I thought he was pretty brutal. Wolford was in this game, left a lot of yards on the table. Uh, threw a lot of passes in the dirt with re- when receivers had room to run. And I think most notably, I mean, his best throw of the day, let's give him credit, was that incompletion to Tutu Atwell for the touchdown where Atwell just didn't dra- drag that second foot down. But uh, also Atwell was three steps ahead on Tariq Woolen, and Wolford some found a way to turn that into almost interception. So I thought he was pretty atrocious in this game. And any game that he starts or Perkins or anything, have a hard time winning. But with that said, the Raiders are a team that's really fighting their stride. They've won, I think, their last three games in a row. But the Rams match up with them in some ways where 
you know, maybe you have a good rushing defense and you can slow down Jacobs, but they also have, you know, Devontae Adams. So we're going to see him and Jalen Ramsey matched up. They also have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and they're going to get after this shorthanded offensive line. So I think there's still a lot to watch out for on Thursday night. It's going to be a raucous crowd and it should be a lot of fun. Chris, the Rams open with a 10-play, 77-yard touchdown drive to take a 7-0 lead. It was 14-13 at halftime, uh, and the Rams took a 23-20 lead on a 9-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, and uh, that one to take a lead there at the end of the game. Very efficient, those drives. Um, There were a couple field goals, a few field goal drives, um, and as JB mentioned, you know, maybe they're just a hair away from another touchdown drive with the 2-2 Atwell. Do you feel like maybe Liam Cohen and Sean McVay get got a little bit better this week? Yeah, I mean, they got better, but the the bar is very low right now. Uh, I'm happy to see the return of the jet sweep. Um, I'm happy to see uh, they use... They use Powell very interesting. I, I love to see it. They used to run that play a lot with uh with uh Robert Woods to fake toss and then get the wide receiver right up the right up the gut. Um I, I love to see that. Love to see the return of the jet sweep with two two. I you know, I said earlier on a podcast that I'm gonna just call him Chatarius or Chatavius, whatever his name is, and make him earn the two two back. I'm starting to like uh, things that I'm seeing from Tutu, but yeah, they they got better, but it's it's not enough. Just if you're if you're not winning, it doesn't matter. There are no moral victories. You just want a Super Bowl. Now we're talking about did did the did the offensive coaching staff get better in a loss to a division rival? Um, yeah, we got better, but it's not good enough. And in terms of Thursday night, in all honesty, I don't want to – I don't like to say this, but I think the Raiders are going to run away with this game. I think the Raiders are going to blow the Rams out. This loss, the Rams put everything they had into it. This is kind of one of those games, again, where it's, it's a loss that can stretch into the next game. Um, I, th- I think the Raiders are going to put a big number up, and I feel like that stadium is going to be full of silver and black. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I will uh, try and uh, and and continue to make points to the positive here. I guess maybe it's just looking for uh, glimmers of sunshine right now, but. Uh, the Rams had 33 carries for 171 yards and two touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry. It's the third straight game in which the Rams have had a season high of rushing yards. So over 400 rushing yards in the last three games. JB, do you feel more positively about the run game or is this just due to uh, a lack of uh, uh, pass game? Is this uh, playing uh, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL in Seattle? Um, you know, it's funny, Cam Akers 
was out of the team, off the team, done, finished. They couldn't do any worse than you. And now 17 carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, there's just not much else going on. But has Cam Akers maybe uh, earned a little time? Do you feel a little bit better about the running game? Yeah, and he's looked good. He's created yards that aren't actually there based on the blocking. And I think about that first run he had against Kansas City last week, went for 20 yards. He broke a couple tackles and really got to the edge again this week against Seattle. So I think the most important part about the running game, and Chris mentioned it, is these jet sweeps and getting the receivers involved. Every time you give two to Atwell the ball, it's an automatic five or six yards. He's just the fastest person. He can get to the edge uh, quicker than anyone else. And uh, but you didn't do that last week against Kansas City with these jet sweeps. And in some ways, it seems like Sean McVay is setting – the game plan was just so much better this week against Seattle than it was against Kansas City. And I don't think you really gave Bryce Perkins the best opportunity to succeed. He comes in this game for one play and runs and gets you a first down. And uh, uh, maybe we should have saw him a little bit more if I have a complaint just because, you know, John Wolford really – like they hit a stall and they never really got out of that until that final drive. And then the defense just didn't do their job. I think maybe when the offense was really stalling, you could have put Perkins in there and injected some life back in this offense. But I think we should have saw more of a platoon than what we did. And that's really my only complaint with the offensive game plans today. Yeah, the offense seems to, you know, have given some glimmers of hope there, obviously, uh, with the passing game and John Wolford. 14 of 26, 178 yards, two interceptions, was sacked four times. Uh, pass rating of 43.4. We saw Bryce Perkins come in for a play. Uh, there were multiple times when John Wolford uh, got hurt. And ultimately, though, he played pretty much most of the snaps there. Um, Chris, uh, with regards to uh, the running game and the offense, what were your thoughts there? And uh, do you just want to see Bryce Perkins on Thursday? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Bryce Perkins on Thursday. Um, the run game has improved out of necessity. You're not going to drop back Bryce Perkins or John Wolford as much as you would drop back with Matthew Stafford. Like, we have to kind of revert back to the Jared Goff game plan. Uh, No slander to him. Just what we did, uh, just emphasizing, like I said, that motion with the jet sweep. That is deadly with Tutu. And those, I have one more thing I wanted to say about Tutu. Those numbers look so big on him. Um, but yeah, the run game, I, I, I'm, I love the numbers. And just like JB said, Cam Akers is making things happen that aren't necessarily even there. But we can't act like Cam Akers isn't good, you know? So we should expect those things. Uh, it is a drastic turn from him basically being out of the door to, oh, wait, we can't get rid of you. Welcome back to bye-bye, Daryl Henderson. Um, I would have loved to have kept Daryl Henderson. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have to continue to run the ball effectively to have any shot of winning any game going forward because we're not going to be able to beat anyone on the schedule if we have to to drop back pass because we don't have that in our arsenal right now. 
Yeah, it's um, a really uh, tough situation. Chris, you wrote about uh, Sean McVay's post-game press conference in which he had mentioned, you know, probably not going to see Matthew Stafford as, as nobody really expected to. Um, any eligibility for the end of the season, I mean, I just don't know what the point would be um, at that point. You know, I had said and, and mentioned, you know, that if, if Matthew Stafford could play this week or next week, put him out there. Because we saw today, hey, if there's a Matthew Stafford out there today, I don't know that the Rams lose by four points to the Seahawks. You know, there were there were games, there were opportunities and throws there and, and opportunities there uh, where Matthew Stafford does elevate the Rams into, into winning this week and winning against the Raiders. And then you got the Packers and the Broncos and the Chargers. All these teams are also feeling pretty shitty about uh, themselves. Maybe the Raiders feeling better now after their third straight win, but still, yeah, it's like these opportunities uh, were there, but at that point, now that Stafford is on IR uh, and could just maybe play the last two games, just let him stay home and, and just see what we can get out of this. Uh, JB, somebody I even saw on Twitter or someone, maybe they were replying to me. It was about, you know, well, yeah, the Rams, they don't even, they're not even trying to win. They're tanking or whatever. It's like, I don't see any difference here between pick 33 and pick 35 or 36. It just doesn't even matter. So what are you, what do you think the Rams are playing for here in the last five games? Well, you're finding out who's going to be a part of this team in 2023 and you michael hoyt has some juice off the edge that's not something you know if the rams are in contention they would be throwing terrell lewis out there and justin hollins out there you never would have saw michael hoyt on the field and you know that's a big bonus for this guy's gonna be a part of this rotation at some point he might not be your starting outside linebacker you probably don't want him to be your starting outside linebacker but he can at least be a rotational piece off the edge and he has some man he had a strip sack on gino that was a really impressive play today uh you're getting kyron williams a lot of playing time and, you know, building that depth on the offensive line. So, I don't know, I wrote, a, I wrote about this week that maybe you don't have to have, you know, these heavy investments on the offensive line because you've got so many different people uh, playing time this season. That you can just you – know, oh, the only thing you really need to add is depth pieces because you might have your starting five. And whenever you have to dip in that second string, maybe a little more prepared for that in the future. So, um, you're playing to find out who's going to be a part of the next Super Bowl winning team. And, you know, I think whenever you have Brock Purdy – throwing multiple touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers today versus what John Wolford and Bryce Perkins have done in looking totally inept so far in this season. You really have to question about how the Rams have managed the quarterback position as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully Matthew Stafford comes back and has a clean slate to start 2023 too. What do you think, Chris? Um, do you think, uh, what would you be playing for in the end? And do you feel that the, that the Rams only need to address Depth pieces, D4Ds, are a specific area you'd like to see the Rams go after? First of all, these guys, not all of them, but a decent amount of them, get paid millions of dollars to do their damn job. It's their damn job. That's what they're playing for. Do your damn job. Um, In terms of, from our perspective, what are they playing for? It, it's, it's to see what we have going forward for next season. We're finally seeing, okay, we can find a role for Tutu next year. We're seeing some of the young pieces in the secondary. It's like, okay, maybe we can we can we can work with this next year. Taylor Rapp's probably not gonna be back. So we gotta find replacements for him. We're seeing we're seeing young guys get valuable experience at basically with with the injuries that we've had 
all across the board on offense and defense. It's only going to be helpful for next season, all right? Um, there's no tanking, okay? Because there's no victory for us to tank. It, if we tank, we don't gain anything from it. There's no first-round pick that's going to be in Sean McVay and let Sneed's back pocket that goes up a little bit higher because we're losing. We don't have that. You know, there's there, there's nothing in it for us to tank. You know, those guys fought their ass off today. So anyone that's saying that they're tanking, especially in regards to this game, uh, I guess we're watching different games. Uh, there's no tanking. We, we're filling out the roster for next season at this point. Well, let me ask you this, Chris, uh, and then I'll ask the same to you, JB, which is just – uh, there is no tanking or, you know, at, at the end, and, and it's hard to say like, well, I think the Rams should do this with the first pick or that or this. So let's set aside what the Rams should do with the first pick in terms of players or position. And instead, let me just ask you this. The Rams haven't been that successful with their drafts. So when the Rams are officially, Hey, you're picking 35th or 34th or whatever it is. Um, that'll be the highest pick since, all the way back to 2016 and or you know you could also include the year that the the Rams just traded back a bunch in 2019 but overall you know there they are again and they could trade back again or they could trade up or they could try and draft the best player available or they could try and fit a need so when less need and the Rams front office has that pick and and there'll be a lot of focus on it because it is sort of like this this glimmer of hope change positive momentum in some direction how would you like the rams to approach the draft this year differently than they have in the past i mean i'm not even going to say i want them to approach it differently uh last last draft we haven't had uh, many standouts but we've been able to to go with the whole f them picks mantra because in previous years, the late round picks did work out enough to substantiate the, the top tier talent that we acquired from other teams, our free agency. So I'm not going to say that we haven't drafted well. I'll say that we haven't drafted well recently. Uh, I'm going to trust in less need because I don't have a reason not to trust in less need. Uh, what I would like to see is uh I would like I would like it I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to any scenario if we use that pick to trade back to get more picks we use that pick and a couple other picks to tr- trade up to get pick to to get a higher pick if we use that pick to trade to go get a a, a, a player from another team maybe it, it, I don't have a specific preference I'm going to trust the process we're less than a year removed from the Super Bowl. I know I've been the negative Nancy here today, but I'm going to flip that right now. And I'm going to say that I'm going to trust in whatever Sneed and McVeigh come up with for this draft coming up. But I reserve the right to complain. Rights are reserved. Uh, what about you, JB? Uh, are you going to trust in less Sneed or are you going to be a negative Nancy? No, no, I think I'll trust them less need just because I think you'll expect you'll see this team make incremental changes this offseason, try to get back into that contention window. 
And, you know, it's hard to see a rookie immediately stepping in on day one and starting for a team of that caliber. So uh, it's hard to get Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford and Bobby Wagner back next year if you're not trying to be the best that you can possibly be and compete for a Super Bowl. So uh, that's not really – you're not going to see a rookie step in from day one and play. But um, you got to find an explosive playmaker, someone who can really open things up or, you know, change the game with a single play. So maybe that's a dynamic running back, a workhorse-type running back that you normally wouldn't – have access to because those require a first or really high second round pick that, you know, you normally aren't drafting in that slot, right? Maybe, you know, we're talking about a spinal cord injury with Matthew Stafford. Maybe there's a a possibility, a non-zero chance that he doesn't return to the team in 2023. And you have to start thinking about, you know, not only a backup, but someone who's viable and viable option for the future. And, you know, Tutu was a second round pick. He's the most explosive player on the offense besides Cooper Cup. So really that's in that kind of mold you have to find, a player who can bring that to the table. And on defense, you know, outside of Jalen Ramsey, today he didn't really have anyone who could be a game-breaker type. And, you know, Ramsey struggled at times this year, but, you know, he and Bobby Wagner, you can just tell that they're the star players, but you really need other people who bring that explosive element to this team just because, you know, with the stars and scrub approach, as some people like to say, uh, sometimes those scrubs just bring – it's more lackluster than star-powered. And uh, it's something for this team to strike a balance with moving forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Stafford there, and you know it's uh, it's a fair point. You know, we talk about Peyton Manning. You know, his career with the Colts ended on a, a neck injury. Um, obviously, he came back with the Broncos uh, and had some some of his best times. Um, but you know, it's kind of just that 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 belief that Colts fans had for a whole year. Well, he'll be back next year. He'll be back next year. And then fittingly, Andrew Luck is the option that the Colts have and they go with Andrew Luck. And, and just that way, same too, where all of a sudden you're thinking for a whole off season, Andrew Luck's going to be fine. And then he missed a whole year and then, and then his surprise retirement. So, you know, when we're talking about Matthew Stafford, who's much older than Andrew Luck and has had, uh, you know, not in it, you know, he hasn't missed a lot of games in the last 11 years with injury. Uh, and now, you know, looking at the last 2019, he misses half of the season this year, he's basically going to miss half of the season and he's got all of the, he's got a Super Bowl championship. He's got all of this money. He's got so much less to prove now. Um, other than, you know, whatever people will say about Matthew Stafford, if this were the, you know, the end of his career, or if he had a, a break and he didn't come back, you know, it's it's just sort of an interesting tipping point uh, for a few Rams players. And we're going to be talking about Aaron Donald, I'm sure. We're going to be talking about Sean McVay, I'm sure. We're going to be talking about whether Jalen Ramsey will be back next season, I'm sure. Um, the only guy that we don't really question, I guess, is is maybe Cooper Cup. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see how much that changes. So if the Rams did get into a position to like, okay, well, we have this idea of a quarterback in the draft. Um, you never know because the Rams have been so just sort of uh, open to moving those picks and you could see the Rams trade up. Um, and this could be the type of class where a guy falls to number 20 or something like that. And he's, he's actually a pretty good quarterback prospect. Um, I was just thinking about earlier, you know, the, the chiefs, picked where they were set to pick 27th when they traded up for Patrick Mahomes. Um, So they were pretty much one of the best teams in the league when they got Patrick Mahomes. 
the Bills were one of the better teams in the league already in 9-17 and 17 when they traded up for Josh Allen. So if the Rams feel at a certain type of way and there's a guy there in the middle of the first round, I think it would be inappropriate to not consider that option given what the Rams have gone through this season. Um, I guess, uh, Chris, you know, just before we move on and, and talk about the Raiders a little bit more, uh, final thoughts here because – uh, another thing that people are going to talk about and I wrote about briefly is, you know, Raheem Morris and the fourth quarter defense and the soft zone defense and all that kind of talk um, and whether or not there's going to be a scapegoat for the Rams season is unclear, but usually it's an offense over a defensive coordinator. What were your thoughts on the defense, Raheem Morris and uh, the, like how, finishing out these games? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of how how it played out. Uh, I'm not a fan of the soft zone. I'm not a fan of two high safeties when it's third and four. Um, but in fairness, I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for this, but I'm not gonna see it because I won't be on Twitter anyway. Uh, the only reason the Rams have these what three wins? Golly, we only have three. The only reason why the Rams have these three wins is because of the defense. So everyone's complaining about Raheem Morris. Okay, I get it, right? Let's look at the head coach. What side of the ball is he on? He's on the offense. What is the offense doing? And shout out to you for using this word earlier. I didn't know we could say it. I'm using it. The offense has been shitty all season long. So the scapegoat. Uh needs to be on the offensive side of the ball. This team does not win the Super Bowl with that without that defensive coordinator, the way that Super Bowl played out. With Odell going down, that defense shut down the Bengals. So everyone is talking about Raheem Morris, soft zone. I get it. I don't like the damn soft zone either. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a little bit more man coverage out there. You know, we're supposed to have – uh, a, a lockdown corner. I don't know if that's true anymore, but we're supposed to have a lockdown corner. Let's see if we got them. I would like to see some changes in the defense, but let's be very damn clear. The reason we are where we are is because of the offense. Yeah, and, you know, most of the season, the Rams had Stafford, Cup, uh, Allen Robinson, players that they expected, wanted, players who they, you know, knew could score points off of last season, but then didn't have those points, you know, this season, 10 points against the Bills, nine points against the 49ers, 10 points against the Cowboys, you know, 14 points against the 49ers, 13 points against the Buccaneers, 17 points, 10 points. You know, these are opportunities for whether it was with Stafford or not Stafford, something to happen, you know, only 24 points against the Panthers. So it's it's sort of interesting to to see that side of it. It's it's not quite as vast of a separation as it is in Denver, right, where the Broncos, you know, lo- lose today uh, and they only had given up three points for the first 59 minutes and 30 seconds of that game and they lose. Right. And they've got Russell Wilson the whole season. Uh, they haven't had nearly the amount of injuries and offensive problems that the Rams have had, uh, but why the Rams can't seem to or couldn't seem to score more points earlier in the year. It's interesting to think about the planning stage of the Rams, which is so much of the season. Uh, JB, what were your thoughts on, uh, you know, talk of 
blaming Raheem Morris. Um, and do you just think, do you think the Rams were set up for success going into the year and they've blown it? Or do you think they were never set up for success? Well, I think you had a tough test today. And it is, in some ways, people think Geno Smith, you should be able to overcome and be able to slow him down. But he's been, you know, a top 10 type quarterback this year. Can really get on the move, extend plays, be with his legs just as well as his arm. And you're still dealing with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, who they got in that trade as a return piece with the rest, with getting rid of Russell Wilson, right? Uh, he had a big day. So uh, I hate to bury a rookie six-round pick, but Darion Kendrick just does not look up to the part. And, you know, he's just such a limited athlete, gets grabby, and just is easy to beat down the field. He gave up that big pass to Metcalf, I believe, on the sideline. So um, you just wonder, the Rams willingly let Darius Williams go to Jacksonville in free agency this year. I think I want to throw out the number eight. He signed for $8 million a year on average uh, to go to Jacksonville. And, you know, why would the Rams so willing to just let him part? He's been such a key part of this defense the last two years. It's no coincidence that in 2020, Williams' best year, that was also when Jalen Ramsey was fully unlocked. And in that Staley defense was able to be a shutdown corner, shadowed the other team's best receiver. So I think that second cornerback spot is such a liability for this defense. And that's whenever you see the soft zone and, and teams really get down the field quickly on them is, you know, Kendrick was in some bad spots on that final drive. And, uh, you know, it's just tough to watch unfold. But I think the Rams absolutely have to upgrade the second cornerback spot next year. Are you guys um... – and I'll leave this open, whichever one of you guys wants to answer first, uh, whoever I guess feels the most uh, passionate about it. But uh, do you guys feel like you just want to, you know, we had to run it back last year. Do you guys feel like just run it back next year, bring back everybody, try and just do it again? Or does there need to be a, a, dram a dramatic shift, a change here? Ahead, run it back with some people, give it a some. <laughs> Uh, that was worded perfectly. <laughs> we we can't run it back with the same exact squad because the same exact squad has done diddly poo this year. Offensive line, Chris. Your five starting offensive linemen in 2023. I can't I can't do that off the top of my head. JB, your five starting offensive linemen in 2023. Sure, I'll go left to right. Alaric Jackson, uh, Coleman Shelton at left guard, probably. Um, Brian Allen, let's keep him at center because I think his contract's pretty affordable. And then a right guard, you either have Logan Bruss, Chandler Brewer, someone who's really stepped up and got playing time on the offensive line in the interior this year. And then right tackle, you have the reliable Rob Havenstein. Uh, never any quick, doubt with him, is there? Quick question to JB. Um, one, do you feel com comfortable with that offensive line? And are you being serious with the uh, – Rob Havenstein, because he's, I think he's starting to trend downward. Well, I just think you have to, I don't like spending premium capital on the offensive line. I'd rather see it as a, at a skill position. Uh, I just want average players who can hold up most of the time. And I think, you know, maybe when you have a statue in the pocket, like Matthew Stafford has been this year, and those pressures consistently turn into sacks, that's a, that's a liability. But um, whenever you have a mobile quarterback who can evade those pressures, I don't think it's much of a concern. So you're seeing teams really find that strike a balance of that trade off and really use it to their advantage. So do you think that note boom is gone or they're just going to sit all that money on the bench? No, no, I think you got to get rid of him and probably Allen Robinson too. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it, that's an interesting interesting one because it's like as far as staying the course, you know, there's just or making certain changes. Like th- there has to be something done about at least Joseph Nopum, right? I mean, like there's there's one potential change there, and then uh, with that's where you start getting into the really tough questions, though, is like the, thinking about the veterans, the guys that you know. Well, is this really possible to like have back? uh Havenstein or um is it is now the exact right time to move on from Jalen Ramsey uh there's going to be talks about all that again all so much of this hinges there on Matthew Stafford's long-term status um but another name to talk about obviously based on a day would be Bobby Wagner a lot of uh uh reasonable um understandable uh hype and, and happiness for the way that Bobby Wagner played today um so he, uh, presumably this is a guy that's going to be around next season but he's one of the oldest guys uh, out there too so it's kind of interesting to think about it from that perspective your thoughts on Bobby Wagner seeing him there in person today JB well you know entering this game he was the highest middle linebacker in terms of PFF grading and I think it's because the Rams are leaning into what he does best that's run defense that's as an interior pass rusher but I mean, a modern NFL linebacker should be able to play coverage, and he's such a liability in that regard. That's probably why Seattle decided to move on from him when they did at this stage in his career. And I think that big first – on the first drive for the Seahawks, or the when they scored that first touchdown, he gave up that big play to Noah Fant. It was a huge catch and run. And like, you just can't have such a weakness in the middle of your defense. And I think Ernest Jones at this point is just so much better. Um, but maybe there is some value in having a good run-stuffing middle linebacker and someone who can blitz, but I think that's more of a rotational piece than an every down, you know, signal caller type player that the Rams are trying to use him as now. That's interesting too. You know, I mean, I could go down the line. We like we did offensive line and say, well, JB, tell me which offensive, which, which defensive players quickly are you bringing back next year? Starters, starters. I mean, maybe it's easier to say who I'd get rid of. I think you got to move on from Leonard Floyd, but that gives you two holes at outside linebacker. That's a premium position. It takes, you know, a high draft pick. It takes, you know, a lot of money to get those guys. I, I think I'd keep Jalen Ramsey. And then maybe as a free agent, if you have to pick between Nick Scott or Taylor Rapp, I'm bringing back Nick Scott. Yeah, that's going to be a question. It's just uh, when you talk about, you know, the draft or free agency or trades or whatever, it's like outside linebackers, safety, cornerbacks, defensive linemen. Um, So, you know, if you do feel as confident as JB does with the offensive line, if if Stafford comes back, if Cam Akers is improving, uh, if if you give Allen Robinson a second chance, Really, Chris, we just got to focus on the defense next season and offseason and hoping that Aaron Donald returns. Um, so same question to you, just in terms of the guys uh, that you maybe want to see move on or uh, keep bring back. You know, I'm kind of in line with with JB. Leonard Floyd, unfortunately, has to go. Um, when I saw Geno Smith put a move on him, I, I, I peed my pants a little bit. Um, it, 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 Lord Jesus. Uh, we also have to keep Nick Scott. Taylor Rapp is gone. Um, holes on both ends is is less than ideal. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned about the defense moving forward. Um, because they peaked 
you know, they peaked already. So they're going to have yeah, to yeah, have yeah. quite a few different pieces. We're going to have to have some surprise pieces uh, step up. Uh, does anyone know, Troy Hill, how many years does he have left on his contract? Is He's got another year. Is he coming back next year? I'll have to uh, confirm that, but I, I do think I think that... he's got one I think more year, void right? years. I think he's done because yeah. of the rest of the contract void years, but I could be wrong. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'd I like I'd like to see Troy Hill get another shot uh, coming back in that secondary. Um, but yeah, Jalen Ramsey, it's 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 not looking. It, I think we've seen the the best of Jalen Ramsey, but we yeah. can't get rid of him yet. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep them just for the morale of the defense, uh, the, the heartbeat of the defense, along with Aaron Donald. You know, with like with Aaron Donald, and JB's right about Troy Hill being a free agent. Uh, with Aaron Donald or with Jalen Ramsey too, it's like when you think about why he's was the best cornerback in the NFL for you know his overall from that five six year period. His size and speed is so unique. You know, but it's like if you actually put him out there with a 40 with guys like today, the Seahawks had this guy, Tariq Woolen, who's, you know, the fastest big guy in the league now. So, and you kind of see that difference there sometimes. So it'll be so much up to Jalen Ramsey. It'll be up to the defensive coordinators and the coaches next year to say, well, we know that you can be better in, a, in the right position. So how do we get you in the right position? Um, and we're in the right position of this podcast to say our goodbyes. If you're listening to this, hit subscribe, go find us on Spotify. The Rams will be back in four days to take on the Raiders and JB will be back with the last minute thoughts podcast, which comes out within 24 hours before the game. Um, and we'll have something out there for you this week. So hit subscribe. Sorry about the Rams losing, but hopefully there's better weeks coming ahead. Um, and we did see some positive changes perhaps this week. That's it for Turf Show Times, the Instant Reaction Podcast. Come back next week for uh, this week already for the Last Minute Thoughts Rams Raiders Week 14.